What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. It's the Pete Callender Show on News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Um, I spent last night watching the entire Mecklenburg County Board of County Commissioners meeting. You're welcome. And wow, I'm so I said this. I, I said this on the Twitter machine as well. As you know, things pop into in my head. I am forced. I am obliged to just spit them out onto social media, just like every other American. So I am watching this meeting last night, and two things struck me. Number one, um, why does George Dunlap have a big photograph of himself up above him at his desk? What, what What's the deal with that? He's got, I know I sound very Seinfeld like that, but seriously, I'm watching and I'm like, there's a massive, like a photo portrait, like the kind of presidents that are in like every government office, you know, like here's the president in case anybody forgot that this is the president and they've got a photo of him, like, you know, two foot by three foot photo on the wall. And Dunlap's got one of those up on his wall, like up above his own head. So when you're watching him on the Zoom, he's you're seeing him twice. I don't get it. But is that, is that a thing? I've never seen anybody else do that. No. What's the deal with that? I, I don't know the answer to that. I've never seen it before. Uh, the other question I have is, um, does the county manager bark at the commissioners like that regularly? I've been away. I acknowledge I have been away, but the county manager, I recall when she first got to Mecklenburg County and she was working for Harry Jones at the time, if I recall correctly. And, um, and now she's been, she got promoted. She got hired on as County manager. She's been County manager for a while, but I have never seen a, uh, I've never seen, well, okay, wait a minute. I take it back. There was one. There was one superintendent for public instruction, uh, or uh, uh, CMS, rather, not the state level. Charlotte Mecklenburg, superintendent named Jim Pusley, and he would yell at Larry Givro <laughs> during closed session meetings. The rumor was one time he had to even be restrained from trying to physically attack Larry Givro. Aside from that, I'm not aware of any other city manager or county manager. And again, I might just, you know, I've been away for eight years, so I don't know. But my goodness, uh, just the the snarling is what I called it last night. It's just like this, this snarling kind of uh, approach to talking to her. Board. Like you are aware they can fire you, right? <laughs> they're <laughs> like they're well, aside from Republicans, there are representatives. I mean, they're all Democrats, so they don't represent any Republicans, but they're all I mean, they are the representatives of the citizens and they hired you. All right. So I've got a I've got a bunch of audio. I also have audio from the Charlotte City Council zoning meeting that occurred on Monday. I watched that one as well. You're welcome. And not really any, uh, there weren't any big projects or anything like that to, uh, that I'm going to uh, cover. There was just, there was one moment, and this is why you watch, or it's why I watch. You're welcome. It, the, you, you watch for the, for the one moment. And there was a moment in the city council meeting. It was a rezoning meeting. 
But there was a discussion, or uh, let me say, there was uh, an assertion. There was an argument made that the drive-by shooting that left the child dead, the three-year-old child dead in a hail of gunfire in his own house while he slept, right? That is somehow tied to a rezoning petition. Not the specific one, but all of them, really. It takes a village of rezoning petitions, really. Um, And that's why gang violence occurs. That's why drive-by shooting occurs. It's It's about multifamily housing, apparently, which is... It's kind of an amazing admission from the city council. Well, this is just one council member, but it's kind of an amazing admission from a council member on the body that just voted to get rid of single family housing. <laughs> because if if multifamily housing is causing all of the drive bys, uh, I'm thinking things are going to get way worse because the single family zoning has been basically eliminated by default, right? The the buy right single family zoning. So. I mean, yes, you can still create a master plan community of single family homes, but um, yeah, I'm not so sure. And look, just to, not, not to not to beat that dead horse, but uh, Christy and I we were uh, driving around uh, over the weekend, and uh, you know we rented an apartment in South Park. I've talked about it a little bit. I will talk about it more after I am out. Um, but like I, I rented it sight unseen. I was coming to town; it was very quick, so I was like, I need to get an apartment. And I thought, well, South Park, I know, I actually know this complex that it's in. So I, I just, I, I went there. And uh, so we were driving around and I'm looking at all of these, what used to be called, I guess, infill projects. But I suspect that's what we're going to start seeing all around South Park is the single family, these huge lots. And I always had this vision that like, it's the, you know, Hugh McCall, uh, he lives in one of these, like these, you know, like the big mansion that's like set back like seven acres off of Sharon road, like the grass, like it's got to take you like, it's got to take you half a day to cut that lawn. Right. And it has to. So uh, I, I got to believe like that's a lot of these, uh, a lot of these lots are going to get redeveloped and they're going to get packed with duplexes and the like, and they're going to sell for, you know, a million dollars, but at least we're sticking it to the patriarchy and the, uh, the systemic racists, I guess. Or something. Anyway, um, so I'm just driving around looking at all the lots that are going up for sale all of a sudden. So, uh, yeah, multifamily causing uh, causing the drive-by shootings. I had no idea. Uh, you probably didn't either. But we'll hear that argument from uh, Charlotte City Councilwoman Renee Johnson uh, in the program as well. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So Mecklenburg County is going to change its COVID testing requirements for unvaccinated employees after officials described a bumpy rollout of its testing protocol. The county does not require COVID-19 vaccination for most employees unless they work for Mecklenburg County Public Health. So not necessarily a mandate, I guess. Doesn't require it for most employees, but you're going to have to provide the testing unless you have the vaccine. Is that the idea here? Just reading from the Charlotte Observer report by Will Wright. The county requires weekly testing for people who are not vaccinated. See, so it's not really a mandate. It's just, you know, a hassle. That's all. The hassle is the point, right? We're going to hassle you uh, or, I guess, what, suspend you if you don't put this stuff uh, on to send it over to the HR folks. And, um... 
They began enforcing the rules last week. As of last week, more than 350 county employees were suspended for violating the testing rules. So county manager Dina DiOrio, uh, she makes this presentation to the county commissioners last night. And uh, some, well, I've got the highlights here. Here's what she said. This was essentially the, uh, the she, she, uh, she went over the changes that they were implementing. We're going to start the revised program requirements this Sunday. And we pushed this out to employees as of late this afternoon. And we believe it will clear up a lot of the confusion that we had around the rolling seven-day clock, which again was causing a tremendous amount of uh, concern, as well as the test results, because we don't know Test results are not automatic, but when they're going to get them back. So employees did not know if when they'd have to start that seven-day clock again because they did not know when their test results would be available. So we've walked away from that, and we're now just requiring one test every seven days between Sunday and Saturday each week. Um, so again, we think that's going to really clear up a lot of the confusion um, and still allow employees to be able to be compliant with our requirements. Okay, so... They started with a rolling seven-day clock because that makes sense. <laughs> this is one of those things. I don't, I don't want to pick on the the creators of the newsroom program that uh, we use here at WBT, but I shall. Um, when when I worked in the newsroom, I remember when they what, what version is this? Now? Four point five. They're on version four point five of this software. I'm looking at it right now. It's in the studio. I don't use it. I used to use it when I was in the newsroom, working in the newsroom, and um, that when they did their first big update to it, they took one of the buttons that you use to when you're when you're editing audio, you know, and you you want to put a, a marker in to here's your in point, and then you want to mark your out point. So now you have a a sound bite, right? It's just audio editing. You got to mark the in point, mark the out point, and so they had buttons in point, out point, very easy. They did their update. Now they moved it and they they nested it underneath a little you know those little black arrows that point down that show you there's a menu there's like a drop down menu but you can't see it unless you click on the 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 black triangle they put one of those things in there and it was tiny 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 so you so now instead of a one click function they turned it into a one-click, two-click functions, that's actually really hard. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to edit audio before a, a newscast. I'm trying to get this stuff on the air immediately, and you've made my job harder. I bring this I bring this up as an example simply to say, so often rules and systems are constructed by people who don't actually use it. There's a, I mean, you can go too far, and then you get into like contrived complexity where people actually uh, make it make something more complex by design on purpose for some other reason. So a rolling seven day clock, um, I guess I can understand why you might have thought to do this, but really a, a rolling seven day clock. So if I go in and get my test today, but I don't get the results for another two days, then I have to start my clock on that day versus the day that I went to get the test. Because like when I'm scheduling stuff, for my personal life, I put it on my calendar of when I got to go do something. And so it's on my calendar. Hey, I got to go get tested. It's today. I'm not putting on my calendar when I get the results back because I don't know when I'm going to get the results back. And apparently it could be anywhere from, you know, one, two, three days. And so you have people that are trying to figure out this rolling seven day thing. And it's just very confusing. Why don't you just do a week? 
got to get a test every week. That seems, I don't know, a lot easier. It's the one-button click, right? It's a week. But I guess they were worried that somebody, you know, if you wait till the end of the week and then you could push it off for a seven-day period and then you could you could skate by without getting a test over a seven-day period. <gasps> no! Right, so they're going to make sure that now it's a, what is it, a Sunday through Saturday or whatever it was. So you got to have a test every week, once a week. And they don't even care if you test negative, which makes sense too. So glad they got to that point as well. They don't care if you test negative. Because they're only, they're only interested in the positives, much like me. I'm only interested in positive. That's what people say about me all the time. So um, they're not interested if you, if, if you go and you get your test and it comes back negative. You're fine. You just keep going. And if it comes back positive, now you need to tell somebody in charge. Okay. So these changes were implemented because of the, quote, bumpy rollout is what uh, uh, it was referred to as last night. A bumpy rollout. So problems. There were problems. County employees complained. They went to county commissioners. They were like, hey, I'm trying to do this. It's not working correctly. You know, I I thought I posted stuff up. It's not showing up or I don't know how to do this or where do I go or what's my name? Where do I live? Like stuff like that. You know, look, I get it. People, (laughs) when you set up a massive program like this, you're going to get all sorts of people that uh, you, you, you sometimes wonder, like, how do you even get out of bed in the morning, right? So I get that. There's always going to be that crew of people, always. But you acknowledge there were problems with the rollout. And so when the people who were experiencing the problems, what did they do? They went to county commissioners. Because county commissioners could then be aware and they could be asking the county manager and the HR departments and all this, because they're the ones in charge. Right. But here's the other thing. They're also your constituents. Just because I work for the county doesn't make me not a constituent. Right. So I went to the county commissioners. So this is why some commissioners are now asking the manager about the problems. And her response, kind of snarly. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it. The tweet at Pete Callender. No lights, no turn signal. No problem. It's a silver car kind of day. That's right. Gray car code. Remember, everybody, if you're driving a gray car, do not under any circumstances ever, ever, ever turn your lights on to let other people know that you exist. That's part of the gray car code. When it's raining, if it's sundown, sun up, you're already almost camouflaged with the road. Being a gray car, a silver car, and also do not do anything to make it easier for your fellow human beings to see you on the streets and uh, turn the lights on. Right. So this is the only thing I can I'm just it's the only thing rationally that I can figure is there because everybody I see so many people in gray cars. They don't turn their lights on when it's raining or sundown and sunup. So. I assume that the only rational explanation is there's some sort of code. There's some sort of rule. I don't know. It negates the manufacturer's warranty, something like if they find out you've been turning your lights on uh, in the rain and you drive a gray car, like then they don't cover any of the service work under warranty. I I assume because otherwise, why would like every gray car not turn their lights on? Why is that? Okay. I also am curious. What's up? Um, 
how long has the football been uh, been going on now? It's like they've been playing uh, like college and yeah, college and pro. It's been a couple weeks now, three weeks, four weeks. They were doing the the preseason stuff too. Although I don't know if they were allowing all sorts of people into the stadiums and everything, but. Why are our COVID numbers dropping when we've got all of the people going to the football games? I don't know. I'm just, these are, these are the silly questions that I come up with. You know, I don't, (laughs) I just ask. I don't know. I wonder. No, uh, that was actually Clay Travis asking that question on the Twitter machine. Oh, he's a sports guy. So like he would be aware of that. What is this? Uh, David. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? What's up? Uh, well, I was calling about the mandate with the testing for Mecklenburg County. All right. Uh, and I missed the first part. One of my coworkers had mentioned that you had said something about, we'd, I guess, we brought it on ourselves. Uh, I as did as not. As, no, I did no, not I, say I that. Didn't. Yeah, the I, county manager well, has said that. That, that well, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, I know that I had tested last Monday. Uh-huh. Uh, we'd had a death of family the week before, so it put me behind, but. I I did test on Monday. I submitted my test on Tuesday. It was after the time that they said, but it was still Tuesday. Uh, So I was suspended the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, Had reached out a few times. Finally talked to HR at late Friday. And they said, oh, we looked at that Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning. So I, I was on suspension three days, even after they had reviewed it. Uh, because my manager had said they were, they had to wait on HR to approve it. Mm-hmm. And well, so you're not, so that's obviously your fault. You are terrible, and you're not going to get any of your your pay for those suspended days. That's what came out of the county commissioner. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. Well, I'm or the way it was said, and then I guess with the county meeting that just uh, reiterated that that we're incompetent on it. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have a plan. You're jammed up. Uh, you got to take personal responsibility. These were the things that the county manager was saying. So uh, I'm sorry, by the way, about the death in your family, but uh, COVID testing waits for no man. Sorry. I, I, I have recently learned that. Yeah. So, uh, David, thanks for the call, sir. I do appreciate it. I've got audio here. Let me play some of this stuff here because uh, this was this was County Commissioner Elaine Powell. And uh, by the way, I feel the need to point this out. Every single person you're about to hear, they're all Democrats. Okay. So there's no partisan advantage here, Republican versus, because there's no Republicans. Okay. So Commissioner Elaine Powell tries to formulate an argument. It, it, it seems kind of scattered, meandering, lacking confidence. You know, I have really done my best to communicate everything that I've been hearing to the county manager um, before today because, you know, when. When this all, you know, landed on the employees and there was um, just a lot of anxiety and frustration from many employees. Many of them work non-standard hours. Uh, They work outside. They don't have access to computers every day. Tough. Uh, And there are multiple barriers and obstacles to getting COVID testing in a timely manner. Tough. getting the results in a timely manner and just so many different concerns, um, not just from employees, but from, from even their coworkers who were concerned that they might lose good coworkers. So I, you know, when the phone line for human resources crashed on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 
you can be sure that not that many people called me, but I'm sure they called other people, um, someone to listen and to um, ask for help. And so I've tried to communicate all of that to the county manager. So because she's such a great um, problem solver and mm -hmm. and we just can't have, you know, last week we got the climate survey and it said, you know, that we got highly rated as county commissioners caring about our employees. You bet, you bet we care. Yeah. And um, <laughs> this is, and the next day, bam, uh, they can't reach human resources. So, uh -huh. and multiple other things. And so um, I wanted to make sure I communicated with the county manager and, I, and in the response, because I haven't had a chance to review the entire response at all. I just wanna make sure that you know, I understand that uh, some people are suspended and they, you know, what is their, I really want to know what is their way of communicating when they can't reach human resources and they, and they feel like something was unjust. And, you know, are people at risk right now of being terminated for something they really uh, had confusion about or for whatever reason can we um let me let me stop right there and let me just talk a little bit about that. all right so she's not right, let me stop right there no she's what she's saying there this is the county manager she's, let me stop you i'm gonna stop you commissioner from speaking and let me just explain first of all i care about employees too <laughs> so let's be clear about that so oh. i know you care about employees all right but it's my job to care about employees oh. and i care about employees probably more than anybody on this board does because oh they're God. the ones that make the trains run every single day. So wait, that's the first thing. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're literally saying you care more about the county workers than anybody else on that board. Okay. First off, you're not on the board. Just, I mean, I, I don't want to split hairs here, but if we're going to be doing this, then I feel like I, you know, should play ball. Um, you're not on the board. They're the board of county commissioners. You're the county manager. You're employed, but you work at the pleasure of the board. Right. You work at the pleasure of the board. And she says, you know, I, I love them. <laughs> I love them more than you do. I love all the employees with it because they make the trains run on time. Actually, that's Katz's job. That's not county manager's job. <laughs> that's Katz. <laughs> so wrong again. I'm not sure if they've actually invented a device yet that could measure the totality of the caring that I have for all of the people and the workers. My caring level is so much higher than everybody else's, I think. That's it's just my job to yeah. care about employees, and I care about employees yeah. probably more than anybody on this board does. Anybody else? Any of the elected officials? on the board she cares more the county manager cares more about all the workers than any member on the board which by the way like not for nothing like they do hire the county manager do you really want to be saying that to them because they could take that the wrong way and believe me uh elected officials they do take things the wrong way trust me on that one so uh 
Dana Dior, she also went on to say there in that, I'm going to play the whole clip here of her because Monica writes in at the Twitter machine saying, wow. (laughs) Yes, wow. And Justin says, if I were on the board, I would care the extra most bestest more than anyone. Yeah. Uh, And you're going to hear Vilma Leak essentially say that very thing. Um, But the county manager also made a reference to the workers making the trains run on time, which... As uh, Mike notes here, yes, it's a little uh, on the nose, kind of, kind of authoritarian. Like the trains running on time. Like there definitely is a vibe <laughs> that comes through with that kind of uh, talk. Anyway, uh, here's the full response from the county manager to this uh, to these concerns. All, I care about employees too, so let's be clear about that. So I know you care about employees, but it's my job to care about employees, and I care about employees. Probably more than anybody on this board does, because they're the ones that make the trains run every single day. So Uh that's the first thing. Uh The second thing is this didn't land on anybody. The county employees of Mecklenburg County have known about this since August. And if they couldn't comply, it's because they didn't take the time to do what they needed to do to comply. And the people who got jammed up are the people who didn't read the information, didn't follow up, didn't have a plan, and they got snagged and they couldn't figure out a way to get out of it. In terms of of human resources, the people who were calling HR were the people who didn't read the information, didn't go to the website, didn't have a plan, and didn't follow the instructions. So while I understand that there are some employees that got themselves jammed up, at the end of the day on Friday, there were 322 people on the list out of 5,800 employees in Mecklenburg County. So, you know, we we don't manage to the, to the, the smallest common denominator. We manage to the to the big the big numbers, and seventy five percent of our employees are vaccinated, and that has been the goal from the beginning. By the way, just as a quick aside here, uh, her point about managing to the bigger number, I totally understand that, um, which is why uh, the government run education system is a terrible model, right? Because you've got uh, individual kids that may not thrive under the conditions that you've constructed to manage to the biggest number. Right. A lot of kids falling through the cracks on the edges of the bell curve, if you will. So just thought I would point that out. As of today, anybody who has submitted documentation is not on the suspension list. But there are people who have not responded, who have not submitted anything, who have not submitted a vaccination card, who have not submitted any information at all. Nothing. They've been silent. Those people are in trouble. But the people that that have submitted information and documentation are off the suspension list. So as of today, we have nobody who's on suspension, but we do have a list of employees who are at risk of being terminated because they have just not responded. And that's an indication to me that they're not going to follow the policy and that not following the policy is more important than keeping their job. So I just want to be clear about that because my team has been working nonstop for days to clean up every single ticket in the queue, to respond to every single employee that's, that I've gotten emails from employees, HR has reached out to every single one of them. So I just wanna be clear that, you know, this is, uh, this is not, a, employees who got are in this situation put themselves there. Oh. And so I just think that they need to take responsibility for the fact that they didn't do what we asked them to do. Because while there are 322 people that were on the list on Friday, there were probably thousands of others that actually were able to navigate the system, were at, able to navigate getting a test on time, 
and we're, at, we're able to comply. So while we did have some bumps, the vast majority of our employees were able to comply. All right. So a couple of things that stood out to me. Uh, she points out here that uh, they spent all this time. We worked really, really hard cleaning up every single ticket in the queue. I assume she's talking about support tickets, trouble tickets, right? Something that you file when you're like, hey, this is all screwed up. And so they spent days cleaning up the queue, which confirms that they had some problems on the rollout, right? Also, she points out that a lot of people, they're no, they're no longer suspended. Um, out of the, what, 350-some-odd people that were originally uh, on the suspension list, I think they're now down to, like, 86. And she goes over some of these numbers we'll hear in a bit. But she goes over these numbers, 86, they're down to, uh, or out of the 86, like 67 of them are part-timers in Parks and Rec. 67 out of the 86. So, like, three out of four, more than, like, I don't know, what is that, like 80% almost of them are in Parks and Rec, and they're part-timers. So, yeah, they don't care about your vaccination policy and how they have to go get a test every single week. They're a part-timer. They'll find some part-time work someplace else. The last thing I just point out here is the, the phrase that she used, and I know I may be nitpicking a little bit, but she says all these other employees, they did what we asked them to do. And the ones that did not comply, uh, they did not do what we asked them to do. Okay, you did not ask them to do these things. You told them to do these things. You told them, you threatened them, right? You said, you have to do these things or you will be fired. That's not asking somebody to do something. And again, I may be nitpicking because I'm a bit of a wordsmith on some of this stuff, but um, that's not voluntary. It's not, that's mandatory. When you are told that the term of your employment is based on you doing this action, that no longer becomes a voluntary action. That's compulsory. Now, you can choose to quit the job, and if that's what you want to call voluntary, well, then I guess there's a lot of stuff that's now going to fall under that category, right? But this, you did not ask them to do that. You told them to. Let's just be honest about it. 